You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Still fighting this laryngitis, so uh, in Saban fashion, I'm uh, playing. I'm playing hurt. Playing hurt. Good for you. Good for you. Look, you got to learn to play hurt in the SEC, Jimmy. That's what I've always heard. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I got Jeff Allen to uh, tape up my throat, and I'm going forward. You know what I like about you. Even though you have laryngitis and your throat hurts, it doesn't stop you from using all the words in your lexicon to create a sentence. Like it doesn't, you don't abbreviate shit. I mean, you're going to keep talking and talking until you just can't, words can no longer be formed by your voice box. That's probably what's actually happened. Uh, Jimmy, a couple of things. Um, we're going to bounce around a little bit today. I'm in a truck, as you can probably hear, um, making deliveries and picking things up. And because, you know, that's how it is. Everybody's hiring and nobody's, uh, you know, everybody's looking for folks to work for them. And um, so sometimes you got to get out there and do some things your damn self. And that's what I'm doing. But, um, Jimmy, you know, I had a thought today. Um, at what point do we start feeling sorry for Tennessee a little bit? Because the good, the good folks at Locked On Vols tweeted out, okay, Henry Toho Toho is, is transferring to Alabama. How does that make you feel? And, of course, I responded like, hey, makes me feel pretty damn good. I feel, I feel great. I don't, I don't know why anybody would feel differently. And a lot of Tennessee fans were like, okay, yeah, this sucks. I mean, a couple of them were like, he sucks and he's dead to me and blah, blah, blah. Some of them were like, you know what? He was my favorite player on the team and I was about to order his jersey but I'm glad I didn't, but yeah, he's good. And I hate this, you know, not, they weren't so much mad at him. I think they were resigned to the fact that, yeah, I would probably do the same thing. And, and so in football, they're losing their best players to their arch rival who has beaten them. What? 13 straight years. Is that right? I can't even keep up anymore. I think it's even more. It's uh, Is it 14. It's every year since 07. So yeah, we've won 14 I think this will be 15 in a row. So Good God. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, they're, they're yeah, losing their it'll be 15. This will be 15 in a row this fall. The, then they have to sit back while Rick Barnes is recruiting pretty well. I mean, he's recruiting pretty well. Yep. Um, but he can't get out of the, the second round of the NCAA tournament, it seems like. And they have to sit back and watch Bruce Pearl, their former coach, uh, Guide Auburn to unprecedented heights. And Bruce Pearl has beaten Rick Barnes like six straight times or some shit like that. I mean, Tennessee can't get catch a break. And I know there's some Alabama fans who are like, good, I don't ever want them to catch a break for any reason under any circumstance. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sad because there is part of me that misses the, um, the competition of playing Tennessee. I mean, frankly, and I think if you're a Tennessee fan out there and you want to argue me on this, feel free to tweet at me or something. But Tennessee is not Alabama's competition anymore, especially, I mean, no. definitely not in football. 
They're not. I even would Auburn. argue. I would argue not even Auburn is. Yeah, I agree it's, with that. Uh, it's Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and LSU. But maybe yeah, Texas and I, A&M. But but my point is, first of all, nobody's gonna feel sorry for Auburn. Okay. But no. I, I, I almost I almost feel sorry for Tennessee. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, they deserved some bullshit for the whole Phil Fulmer um, working with the NCAA to get Alabama. Even if Alabama was guilty of something, I, I, I still think that's kind of BS. Um, but I, I feel like they, they are doing three life sentences without parole for manslaughter. <laughs> you, do you know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, oh yeah. And I'm well, I'm not I'm not feeling so bad for him that I'm going to do something about it, like pray for him or anything. <laughs> but I'm feeling bad enough where I'm like, you know, it does kind of suck that whenever Tennessee's on TV, it's at eleven o'clock in the morning, and they're they're struggling their asses off to beat South Alabama. <laughs> Imagine this. It's painful to remember, but remember when we lost to Tennessee every year from like 1995 to 2000? No, from 90, was it 96 through 2001? They beat us in 95. That was in in Legion Field, and I I was there. I'm talking about the the long losing streak. That was uh, 95 through 01. Yeah. And... I think they won every single year, 95 through 01. What Even if, when we won the SEC in 99, they beat us in Tuscaloosa. Correct. What if during that six or seven games, six or seven years in a row, we lost to them in the midst of it after having an all-SEC season in 1998, Sean Alexander transfers to Tennessee? Oh, God. Oh, God. That's exactly what's happened with Henry. But the other way around, obviously. What you so just how fun said, is that? What you just said is the opposite of Viagra. <laughs> I mean, it will, it will, it will, what you just said will ruin a Crimson Tide erection. There's no question about that. Because I can't imagine Sean Alexander playing for Tennessee. That makes my stomach churn. Yeah, and in the midst of all of our misery on top of it, that's not just seeing Sean in the orange. It's, hey, here's our chance to finally beat him. We have a great player, and he goes to Tennessee. And that's really what's happened with Henry, which makes it so much fun. And, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I, I don't know about feeling sorry for him. I, I do. I guess I do. I mean, there are people as crazy as it sounds that love Tennessee football, like we love Alabama football. And to those people, I mean, I don't know what to tell them. I mean, obviously it'll all turn around one day, but some dark times up there. Do you remember, do you watch the walking dead? No, but I'm familiar with it. I mean, I know what it is. It's not good anymore. It sucks now. I mean, just like every show, eventually it jumps the shark and it did jump the shark. But when we were first introduced to Negan on The Walking Dead, Negan was one of the most ruthless villains in TV history, I would argue, when he was a good villain. He's like some kind of anti-hero crappy character now. But when he was first introduced, 
And so his when we first get to see him in the show, he beats two people in Rick Grimes' party to death with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. And he does it like gleefully while everybody's watching in front of everybody. And one of them, he does it because somebody else screwed up. He doesn't do it because that guy screwed up. He does it because somebody, Daryl, tried to attack him. And so he's like, I'm going to teach Daryl a lesson by beating uh, Glenn to death. And he beats him so horrifically and badly, like his eye pops out and they show it and his face is all bloody and he's talking to his wife and, you know, he, he's like losing his mind literally and figuratively as, you know, the bats are, rain, the, the blows are raining down on him. And he keeps beating him to the point where, like, his head is nothing but a puddle of mush. And it's just a body with this goo in front of it. And that's what I feel like Alabama's done to Tennessee is we have beaten them so badly and so horrifically and so often that they're, they're nothing but an orange pile of goo in front of us. And we don't, we're not even sure like what we're beating on anymore. And that's why I, I understand feeling sorry for them is probably going a bit far. That's not what I, I just, as a college football fan, I miss the fact that Tennessee is relevant. They are 100% irrelevant in the college football landscape. And Jimmy, I don't know how they're going to get it back short of finding Nick Saban 2.0, and there will never be a Nick Saban 2.0. So let let me go ahead and tell everybody about rockauto.com, Jimmy. Rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto. Look, if you're drive, if you were driving a Tennessee automobile, a volunteer mobile, you would call Rock Auto because you would need several things to repair that, and you would call Rock Auto and get the best prices on all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto, R O C K A U T O dot com is where you want to go. Look in the box that says, "Hey, how'd you hear about us?" Put "locked on" in there. We'd appreciate that. But the site is super easy to navigate. I don't know anything about computers or cars. And I've ordered stuff off rockgado.com. I'm telling you, it's easy, it's quick, it's fun. It's literally fun to buy stuff on rockauto.com. And it saves you a ton of money. That's the key. They will not let you down, rockauto.com. All right, Jimmy, let's, the buzz um, in recruiting mm. recently on Alabama boards has been about Arch Manning, who is the son of Cooper Manning who, of course, played at Ole Miss, who is the son of Archie Manning, who played at Ole Miss. And Cooper is also the brother of Peyton and uh, Eli Manning. Uh, you knew all this shit. But Arch Manning is like the next big thing. And Alabama is already known to be getting a visit from Arch. I think Georgia and Clemson are on the list. Um, I'm assuming Ohio State will be on there. I, I'm assuming Ole Miss will be on there. But, you know, I would have a hard time believing Archie Manning would want his grandson to go play for Lane Kiffin, assuming Lane Kiffin is still there. Um, so I think it, it, the general has a real shot with this kid, which would be very cool. And as um, our buddy Hunter Johnson pointed out, wouldn't it be something if Arch Manning got to lead the million dollar band in Yay, Alabama after beating Tennessee's ass in Knoxville one time? <laughs> That would be fun. 
but mostly it will be fun because Arch is, Arch is really that good. I mean, he, he he's the number one quarterback nationally in the 23 class. It is not because of his name. It is because of his talent. I would ask people who haven't seen him or, or, or want to know how good he is. I say, imagine Peyton Manning with wheels because that's what he is. He's He's a dual threat, more like his grandfather, and his game is more like his grandfather's, though he's built like Peyton and Eli. Uh, he's driven. Uh, he is extremely well coached. He plays the game. He throws and delivers the football like his uncles. It's very uh, reminiscent. I mean, you can't watch him throw football without thinking of his uncles because he looks so much like them and delivering the ball. And as far as recruiting goes, the reason Alabama's in it is just simply because the Mannings, who are a football family, they're also a business family, and they are putting business first. Uh, they want Arch to be uh, exceptionally well coached and prepared for the next level, which is the NFL. And uh, they're certainly aware of how good he is and how good he can become. And with them, if there's a number one factor, it's almost like the quarterback coach. And if there's a second factor, it's playing in an environment in which he is likely to improve. Um, and I think that's why you won't see some programs you might expect to see on his list. I don't know that they'll be there. I think he wants to go to a place where he'll feel like he is exceptionally well coached and we'll play alongside other really good players because that's what will prepare him best for the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, that's where success breeds success because, you know, if you're Arch Manning and you want to go somewhere, you know, there'll be some folks saying, hey, you know, he could go to Tennessee and be a legacy like Peyton and all this other stuff. But the problem there is they don't have the weapons. And and it's going to he's not going to develop as well. But you go to Alabama, you go to Clemson, you go to Georgia, you go to LSU, and they've got the weapons to throw to. They've got the protection for you, and all these things that used to be a detriment, like where coaches recruiting against those schools would say, "Hey, why do you want to go there? They you're not going to be the man." Well, now they're like, "Yeah, you need to go there because they're going to make you look as good as humanly possible." I mean, it, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it mm-hmm. used to be that it, the whole selling point used to be playing time. I don't think that's the selling point anymore. I, I, I think that's kind of – that's dated because, really, if I were a running back especially, and I know Arch isn't a running back, but if I were a running back especially, I'd be like, I don't want to carry the ball 40 times a game. Yes, I do as a competitive competitor, but I don't because that's going to put a lot of – you know, take a lot of tread off my tires. So um, you have to look at it from from that perspective, too. Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go for all the bets your gambling will ever need. I tried to tie it into Rock Auto somehow. It didn't work out, but whatever. Betonline.ag is where you want to go. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% bonus. Put in 100 bucks. You, you use that promo code, you get to play with 150 That's badass. I'm telling you, it's like giving away money. Think of it as an investment, and uh, that's what you can do. So put it in there, betonline.ag, easy to navigate. That site is a lot of fun. It really is. 
Um, you can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can bet on horse racing. If you know which horse is uh, getting doped up and getting roided up, yeah, man, go bet on betonline.ag and bet on that Medina spirit. You know, that, that horse apparently was taking uh, Red Bulls and everything else. So uh, go to betonline.ag, give them a whirl, promo code locked on. You will not be sorry. That site's a ton of fun. You can bet on reality TV there. If you know which housewife is on steroids, <laughs> go to betonline.ag and, and bet on that guesses. one. Have some guesses. <laughs> I don't know if it's on steroids, but all of them are on Botox. Um, go to betonline.ag. And uh, use that promo code locked on. You will not be sorry. All right, Jimmy, for the final segment here, I thought this would be interesting. It's not Alabama related per se, but Tim Tebow back in the NFL as a tight end, apparently under Urban Meyer in his hometown of Jacksonville. And a lot of folks are talking about it today on Sports Talk Radio. And, you know, I was thinking every time Tim Tebow comes up, I think all Alabama fans are this way. What if? What if Tebow had come to Alabama? I don't think there's any doubt he would have had some success. I think Shula would have gotten a lot out of him. I, uh, Shula wasn't a good coach. I think he would have done a great job with Tim Tebow because it'd be hard to screw that up. But, I mean, it, it's – I guess, you know, Garth Brooks said it best. Uh, I mean, sometimes you need to thank God for unanswered prayers because we were all praying um, Tim Tebow would come to Alabama. Thankfully, he didn't because – Things have changed, but um, I still like Tim Tebow a lot, and he's catching a lot of flack today from NFL players, talking heads, fans, like, hey, why are you back in the NFL? Give somebody else a chance. Um, and, you know, my argument to that is, why does Tim Tebow need to worry about everybody else? What right. If there's another tight end that's better, he'll end up getting a gig in the NFL. Don't worry about that. I, I just don't see the big deal – it's a gimmick. It's surely a gimmick, but who cares? I mean, it's, it's a way to sell some tickets, I'm sure. And that's what the NFL is all about, right? Is, is generating interest in money. Well, first of all, Tebow's not on the 53 man roster. He's just invited to training camp where he's subject like every other undrafted player. Uh, Cause you have to consider him sort of like an undrafted free agent. He's subject to being cut in camp as, 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 Half the team is every year. So he hasn't made the team yet. Secondly, if you're if anyone out there is mad that this is happening, why are they mad at Tebow? Be mad at Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban yeah. Meyer is who that's this is his decision. It's not Tebow's decision. It's Urban's decision. And third, you know, I don't look at it like it's a gimmick. I look at it like here's a six foot three, 245 pound freak athlete who has tremendous football instincts, tremendous toughness. He is a fantastic athlete. He's driven. He'll be the hardest working player on the team. He can play multiple positions on special teams. He could serve as an emergency quarterback. And let's remember, sometimes teams only carry two quarterbacks. It can be invaluable to have a third guy who can take snaps in an emergency. He could also be a gimmick, a quarterback in terms of plays around the goal line and short yardage. I see Tebow as an invaluable 53rd man on the roster. Uh, and, and as much as people make fun of it, I think if Tebow does make the team and is the Jaguars 53rd man, he will prove more valuable to them than the 53rd man on all the other rosters. 
Uh, it's true he's never played tight end before, but the way I look at recruiting, you know, if, if there was a kid in high school in Montgomery who had never played football, never, not one time, but we knew his exact measurables were six, four and a half, 242 pounds, tough, strong, and runs a four, five, five, 40. I want that kid. We'll teach him how to play. We'll, we'll give him some coaching. It all starts with the raw ability and the physical tools to get it done. And Tebow is that guy. I would argue that had he agreed to move to tight end the first time around in the NFL, he probably never would have left the NFL, as there are right now six or seven tight ends in the NFL who are all college quarterbacks, including two from Florida in Trey Burton and Jordan Reed. So I, I see Tebow as having a decent chance to make the team and a decent chance to contribute. And if he doesn't make the team, that's fine. He's an undrafted free agent. Most of them don't make the team. And as far as depriving someone else of an opportunity, the only person that is deprived of an opportunity because Tebow is doing this is arguably an undrafted free agent from a college somewhere. Alabama had two, Miller Forrestal and Carl Tucker were undrafted free agents and Tucker's in Miami and Forrestal is with the Tennessee Titans. So whatever tight end is being deprived of an opportunity because of this Tebow thing is a lesser college prospect at tight end than Forrestal and Tucker. So I don't think Tebow's robbing anyone of any legitimate chance of playing in the NFL. No, I'm 100% with you on that. And the one thing I would throw out there, again, I've been driving to Mississippi today, and so I got to listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I uh, listened to the first team with Danny Cannell and uh, Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy has really gotten to be almost unbearable in some sense, by the way. Um, I want to remember him so fondly, and he goes so out of his way to, like, uh, backhand his alma mater, it seems like. But anywho, um, McElroy brought up a point. He said, because they were talking about Tebow and he said, look, people forget he did. We did actually try him out at tight end with the Jets. We tried that. It, he wasn't good because McElroy was like, I was there when we were doing it. He was not good. So, um, yeah, that's, Interesting. that's a that's a fair point that, OK, why should he do that? But I think the I think what people are getting hung up on is the tight end role. I'm more where you are that Tim Tebow just say look he can be a third string quarterback when we when you don't really need a third string quarterback in the NFL because um another thing McElroy talked about was how teams don't uh some the Jets had done the research at one point or Danny Cannell had maybe and Danny Cannell thought he wasn't gonna he was gonna make the team for the Giants and they ended up cutting him because they said look you would be our third team guy but we've done the research and the percentage of times that NFL teams actually have to go to the third-team quarterback in, in a game situation is like 0.01%. So we can't give you a, a spot that could go to a dude that really could play when mm -hmm. you have such a low probability of playing. And so – but if you have Tebow on there, then you have a guy who could – I mean, okay, he yeah. might not be good at it, but he could play tight end. He could probably play H-back. He can 
I mean, shoot, he could probably play special teams pretty well. Um, yep. And he can play quarterback if you need to. So he's a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, another thing McElroy brought up, which was interesting, everybody wants to make him out to be uh, Hill from the Saints when that guy runs like a 4-4 and Tebow only runs like a 4-8. That's right. Tebow's not a speedster. But no. you know what you can do? Put Tebow in a goal line situation, um, a, a Tebow cat or whatever the hell that's you right. want to call it. And that's right. I, that's where this thing can work out because I don't want Trevor Lawrence doing quarterback sneaks from the one and a half yard line because mm. Trevor Lawrence is young and, and really thin. And I don't want him breaking a leg because they're about to invest a gazillion dollars in him. No, I want the 33-year-old who's strong as an ox who doesn't need speed from a yard out to uh, to try and get that touchdown when he's one of – is he the all-time leader in SEC touchdowns? He was, I think, at least. I think that's right. So Yeah, I want him doing that. So, um, yeah. another thing is, if you're Urban Meyer – and, again, if you want to fault Urban Meyer for giving him another shot, I, I'm all for that. That's fine. But, you know – Urban Meyer, first-time NFL coach, Tebow obviously makes him comfortable. So why not make it so that he's the most comfortable he can be to get started, get his feet wet with this thing? So, again, look, I, I know Alabama fans love the Tim Tebow crying thing. I remember Tebow pretty fondly in the sense that in a time when a lot of recruits weren't giving us the time of day, it came down to Bama and Florida for an all-time – Florida dude who had Florida uh, shower curtains. You know, yep. he, he had everything Florida and Mike Shula almost got him. And Tebow was a genuine dude about it. And I also remember when Tebow came to visit Alabama for the Florida game in 05, Tebow was sitting, you know, like a few rows ahead of me. And I remember so fondly the number of women in sundresses, because that day was hot, that came up just to get a picture with him. And I got to see those girls in sundresses. And I thank Tim Tebow for that. <laughs> you know, if you're the – are there really Alabama fans that don't like players on the other team because the player on the other team wants to beat Alabama really badly for his own team? Is that what Tebow's guilty of when he played for Florida? He busted his butt to beat Alabama, and that makes you mad? I mean, really? Well, <laughs> What do you want from, from, from guys on the other team to lay down, to, to, to not insult Alabama by not trying as hard as they can? I mean, if Tebow said something insulting, if he committed personal fouls against our kids because he's an out-of-control thug, I mean, then hate on him. But it, Tebow wanted to win. He wanted to win for Florida. He wanted to win for his teammates. There's nothing wrong in the world with that, even when you're super intense about it as long as you're not breaking the rules or insulting the team uh, with your behavior. Um, I, I just don't understand the Tebow hate at all. I guess there's just Alabama fans that didn't like his intensity against Alabama and other rules that didn't care for him leaving us at the altar. But it's recruiting for every kid that signs with someone, someone else finished in second place. That, that, that happens in every recruitment everywhere. So, um, I just don't get the Tebow hate at all. Uh, he's an exceptional human being. I hope he makes the team because I root for him. But if he's not 
among the Jaguars' top 53 players, then cut him because he does an excellent job on SEC Network, and I'll be glad to have him back on the Saturday morning SEC Network show. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. want to thank everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. And until then, roll tide. Roll tide.